Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Love. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Welcome back. It's another edition of Dr. Homebrew. Sorry about the long intro. I had to wait for the post, if you know what I mean. You had to wait for the smooth. All right. All right. This is Dr. Homebrew. As aforementioned, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, before we jump into the fray here, we got a couple of really good beers to try. Uh, we have a guest on hold. We're ready to go. Uh, but I want to tell you a very important thing. Use five-star chemicals. That's right. Go to fivestarchemicals.com and there you can learn all about how to properly clean and sanitize your home brewing equipment. They got the PBW. Of course, they got the Star Sand, all that kind of good stuff. They also have some equipment like some gloves and aprons and safety stuff because uh, safety is important when you're working with chemicals. So, uh, you know, check them out, fivestarchemicals.com. They make something like Gugon that can remove stickers. You know, when you were talking about that on the last show, man, I thought, uh, actually, well, you know, aside from that, PBW will pull the hell off a lot. It does, man. It does. It really does. But uh, I thought you were, when you were saying Gugon in reference to like an orangey taste, I thought it was like um, some Tahitian plum or you know what I mean? Like some exotic fruit. And I'm like, what in God's name is a Gugon? A Gugon. It's a very rare ester. (laughs) Known only to Brian. Yeah, or a (laughs) subsection of colon can. Some weird, I don't know. I I had no idea. Uh, Because I know Gugon as goof off. Okay, goof off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. But that would have been weirder, yes. I guess. No. But um, it wouldn't yeah. smell like an orange necessarily. PBW well, for removing true. beer labels. It's yeah. P- well, PBW works, little, man. Little hot PBW for sure. I use PBW to clean like my bathtub, uh, to clean my stainless uh, cookware. Yeah, I'll put it in the dishwasher sometimes to just kind of clean things out a little bit. Yeah, it's amazing. I love that stuff. Five star chemicals. Dot com. And then everyone on the show tonight, uh, which is Chris and Mike, they are going to get something nice in the mail from Star San- or from uh, Five Star, rather, just for being on the show, which is uh, very cool. And uh, speaking of being on the show, we have Chris. Chris, yeah. are you with us? I am indeed. How's it going, JP? Good, man. How you doing? I'm all right. So we have a cranberry wheat beer. And indeed. we tasted it like... Six months ago, well, you or know, something like that's no, the fourth like, wall. No one needs to know that. No, but we it, <laughs> no. we get to taste it twice. This is awesome. I am actually really excited about that because we have been hanging on. Uh, because a lot of people, well, look, you guys know, uh, a lot of people send us like three or four beers, and we want to do them all. And sometimes scheduling conflicts arise. And Chris has been really, really actually, Chris has been a really nice guy about it because uh, I've had to put him off like twice now. Uh, he's like, sure, whatever, man. Push me off, push me off. It's all yeah, good. Yeah, because, you know, just scheduling this show, man, sometimes can be a pain in the butt. And, uh, um, you know, sometimes I double book, but I think everything's streamlining now. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. We need some sad music um, for that. that we do. But this beer has been in my fridge the entire time. Oh, good. So we have been up on your roof like the last guy, right? Oh, wait, no, he was, was in a hole, right? Yeah, that's he was right. In the fridge, in the backyard, not plugged in. Right, that's right. correct. And he in the backyard, I mean, in the in the river. I that nineteen fifties fridge that he uses as a storage decorative thing. I used to yeah. have one of those actually. Um, painted black and uses for thermal solar heating for hot water. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a little Burning Man thing, I guess. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, so the guys judged this beer when it was, you know, I don't want to call it fresh, but when it was younger. Um, younger. And then now we get to drink it here. So uh, so they have the notes from the last time, and uh, we have the beer here. But uh, in short, have you ever done a cranberry wheat beer before? Uh, no, I haven't. If not, why not? Because it sounds like a great idea. Uh, I don't know. It turned out pretty good, I thought. Uh and I also used uh, my homegrown peaches that I harvested from my peach tree in the backyard. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, let's jump right into this beer because I just tasted it, and I don't even know where to begin. There's so many flavors. Words fail. Lee, what Word. do you think? Well, I just said. Words fail. Words fail. Oh. Yeah, well, Brian? I, I came up with some words. <laughs> okay. They may fail, but I have them. All right, let's do it. I didn't say they didn't exist. Okay, so keep in mind, this is from, I think we judged this back in June. May, actually. May? May oh, 18th, right, we judged so this. So May, yeah. Nice. Now it is September. So All it's right. Like, you know, it is actually getting several months down the road. Yeah. So back in May, <laughs> medium cranberry sweetness in the aroma with good cranberry and aroma complexity. I mean, it didn't just smell like a cheap uh, artificial fruit flavor and some crappy red-colored drink. Um <laughs> Some underlying white bread wheat character, hints of spice in the background. No hops were noted, really. No DMS or diacetyl. Uh, very appealing. Um, the the whip beer kind of character, you know, the yeasty character was pretty low, but that's probably all right. It gave plenty of room for the cranberry to shine through. Yeah. Um, appearance is a very interesting looking beer. Pours a medium pink and mostly fine foam. Fades slowly to light cover. Could maybe have a little better head retention, but with the fruit in there, it's hard to say what that might do. Copper, pink, almost brown sometimes color. Brilliant clarity, um, which is a little odd in a wheat beer, but we didn't rouse the bottle if there's any yeast. And I don't remember if there's yeast in this or not. It's hard to see here. Maybe there is. Um, Wit beers are often a bit hazy, but this one was very clear. Um, flavor, light tart with cranberry fruitiness and low bready wheat flavor. Some supporting spicy phenols. A bit of a minty note. Uh, which I'm not sure where it was coming from. No hop flavor really was noted, which is fine for this style. Um, some bittering, just bitter enough to support, which is good. That's what you want in a beer like this. Finish is fairly dry with lingering cranberry, a little bit of acidity, and wheat flavor. Um, not so much wit beer character again. It is more balanced to the cranberry, but very drinkable and enjoyable. For the mouthfeel, it was medium low to low body, medium carbonation, not hot or alcoholic, has a light astringency, probably from the cranberries. I mean, if, you, if you've ever drunk cranberry juice or anything or eaten cranberries, sometimes it just has that little bit of almost astringent character yes. to it. You know, it's kind of a pungent fruit. Yes. Um, almost a lambic-like character. Um, it was, uh, which works okay here, actually. You know, that stringency gave it that sort of lambic sometimes have a bit of a character like that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, not creamy. Overall impression, very pleasant and drinkable fruit beer. Very appealing, flavorful with fruit flavors, balanced well by light acidity. Um, they complement um, most of the good fruit flavors are in here, and that's actually something you want in a lot of good fruit beers. If they're not intentionally sour, a little bit of tartness still helps balance that fruit flavor. Um, the body, the heavy tension, and carbonation are all a bit low for the style, um, but those are sort of more minor points here, really. Um, it really balances very well for the flavor, especially with that acidity and the dryness. Um, other than that, I like it. I couldn't help wondering what a creamier, frothier, richer version would be like. Uh, that would be more of a standard wit beer presentation, you know, a little more body, a little more foam to it. But this is actually very nice as it is. Uh, so no problems there. Um, in the end, I like this beer a lot. I gave it a 37. Awesome. What? And I would add that this bottle now, several months later, I, it seems to have changed appreciably. That's what I was about to ask you. What what are you what are the differences? Uh, you know, very uh, very quickly, um, in the two beers, it seems to be acquiring an, an odd, almost chocolatey character, like a bitter chocolate, especially in the finish. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I get um, that. I get it's actually pretty strong. Yeah, I get like a like a almost a nutmeg thing. Yeah, like a maybe slight cinnamon, but more. More nutmeg. Nutmeg, yeah. yeah, almost a woody kind of character to mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, I would say the carbonation, if anything, is a little bit lower at this point. Is that aged coriander? Yeah, and, and <laughs> whatever coriander. whatever whip beer characteristic there, it seems to have faded out. Yeah. You know, so those those nice sort of whip beer, weedy, yeasty aromas are kind of fading away. It's still actually pretty nice, though. 
Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah the, the absolutely. Fruit, the tart just keep this beer going. The, yes. the, the chocolate flavor is unexpected, but it's not bad. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Brian. Yeah, it's just a whiff of that. It's not over the top. The, um, yeah, wow. Um, and the, when we poured the first sample, the bottle nearly gushed. It had a foam rising out of the bottleneck. This one didn't seem to do that. So, yeah. Um, it's a it's got a fruity cranberry sweet aroma up front. Um, pretty you know moderate fruity esters in there. It's I was digging to get any of the base style then and now, uh, but it does have a light honey like sweetness and the uh, malt flavor lacks lacks much of the coriander and any orange peel orange rind that you you might have put in there. Uh, it's low, no real pepperiness or anything like that. So it doesn't say scream like. I'm a Belgian wit beer, you know. <laughs> it does it's not. It's just like I am a Belgian. I beer. Not. It's yeah. like you know. I mean, um, yeah. Color wise, it's a it's a really beautiful looking beer. It's the, this kind of clear uh, golden orangey kind of pink. It's definitely pink Still. in color, but like it's like. Do you think the color has faded at all? Quite pretty. I remember it looking like this. I was like, wow, yeah. that's a really cool color for a beer. Yeah, yeah, I don't think the color has changed terribly. It's this sort of coppery pink thing. Mm-hmm. A low kind of pinkish white head that, that faded fairly quickly uh, with a, a flourish of frothy bubbles. It kind of had this like kind of faded and kind of collapsed a little bit in this kind of like soda pop kind of sounding bubbles, you know, when we poured it. Um, and sometimes different beer consistencies will do that with the bubbles, like if something especially really dry um, but yeah, uh, flavor-wise, super, <laughs> super pleasant cranberry tart flavor up front. That's it's it's kind of a a punch-like impression. Um, and to me, like I thought of a new way to describe it too. And it's got you know the cranberry. There's a lot of fruitiness here. There's a lot of fruits, including that kind of cherry-like flavors in there. And it to me, if you remember um, cherry Seven Up, it's got this kind of oh, like, yeah. a, like a dry cherry Seven Up kind okay. of a flavor too. Yes, I'll give you that. Because it's just clean and yeah. dries off your tongue, and you got a little a little fruit with a refreshing quality with it, and it's a like, light like little, a refreshing little fruit towel, light little it tartness. dries off your tongue. Yeah, these wonderful flavors behind. Oh, that's yeah. a good. That's good. A, 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 a refreshing little fruit, fruit towel. towel. Yeah, very fruity. You could market this. Yeah, if you found the right way to market it, just call it fruit <laughs> towel. Fruit towel. Yeah. Mm. No obvious alcohol, low bitterness, uh, you know, very fruity. No hops in there in the aftertaste or anything like that. So, um, yeah, nicely puckering. It's it's maybe um, if you were going to enter it as a wit beer and it was this tart, it, you'd say, yeah, that's a bit too tart for a wit beer. But mm-hmm. it's pleasant with what, what is there for, for just the balance of the, the style with the fruit. When I think you, you specify cranberry... People are going to expect that a kind little of, tart. Yeah, yeah. It's a, a tart, tart fruit. that almost astringent finish, and yeah, yeah. I, I think you give you give leeway for that. Absolutely right. The malt. I mean, it's you know, it's well, you you should get a little weedy character in a wit. The malt is pretty much buried. It's just a little base malt with a low, little honey like note. Uh, definitely balanced to the fruit and the fruit only, and a little puckeriness. Uh, but yeah, finishes dry, but it still has the impression of some sweetness in there. Um, I don't know if there was any wild yeast or, or bacterial action in here, or it's if the tartness oh, just came from the the fruit. Go ahead. Uh, it's all wild yeast okay. uh, from my peach tree in the backyard. I Very cool. It up. Yeah. So there's possibly some wild yeast going on in here. I think <laughs> it would probably explain the, hey, lack, was... of the lack of the usual wit beer <laughs> yeast driven character. Yes, I was yeah. Right. absolutely. Yeah, there's no yeast yeast like Belgian uh, yeast character in here, and that. Yeah, it's definitely got more of a wild yeast impression, and that that worked well though. For whatever you gathered from that fruit, it was uh, it was doing a nice job on the beer. Yeah, uh, in the mouthfeel, it's present. It's pleasantly drying. There's no Brett leatheriness or anything like that. I don't think you got any Brett in here, but the carbonation is medium, no astringency, not very creamy. Uh, just a bit biting from the acidity levels, but I'll forgive that. Um, and a little carbonation prickle. You know, it doesn't seem like it's really heavy or, or warming. Uh, it's not not a big heavy alcohol beer, but just refreshing and, and smooth. So, um, what the bottom line? I normally avoid fruit beer like the plague. Like you order a fruit yes. beer at a bar, and it's like, oh, it's like a typical, you know, uh, not to be sexist, but like a girly beer that they'll try to push on people. Yeah, you know, that don't like real beer, you know. And it's like, 
well, here, try this. And it's, you know, it just tastes like a, a um, you know, not sweet a, not cherry, a fruit towel. You know, or, or sweet raspberry or sweet strawberry mixed with some nondescript beer in there. But this has got a lot of interesting things to it. This is a fun to drink beer. And the wild yeast is probably a big part of it. Whatever, you know, whatever you got off of that that fermented it out gave it an interesting um, ester profile alongside the, the fruity cranberry that's there. Um, it just it's got a lot of zing and it packs a nice punch with the the tart uh, cranberry there. So and as declared there, yeah, the cranberry is is sharpened and uh, prevalent. Um, it, it's just hard to find any hint of the wit beer style. So that's what I maybe you know when I first judged it, I knocked it down for a little bit because you declare it as a, a cranberry wit beer. You want to taste both some cranberry and some wit. Now I wouldn't change this beer. For the life of me, it's just it's, <laughs> for you know for anything. It's just great the way it is. It's really nicely balanced. But if you declare it as a cranberry wit, you should have more of a wit beer element in there. So mm-hmm. I would declare this as a cranberry wild, you know, American wild ale or something. Yeah. Or yeah, what? The new guidelines have the wild ale character, which is a new so thing you can do. Yeah. So I definitely put it there as a fruit wild. A ale. wild specialty. Yeah. So, um. You know, if you wanted it to make it more like a cranberry wit, you'd probably want to pack off the cranberry, bring up the orange zest and coriander stuff, use some actual Belgian wit beer yeast in there, and and let that get a little bit of that peppery character shine through. Um, yeah, that, please don't. All, do all that, that being said, just wow, just leave it the way it just it is, and enter as American Wild, or just enjoy it as it is and drink it. Don't don't enter it. Keep it all for yourself. Um, so yeah, I you know I initially scored it a thirty four because it's like well as declared it doesn't really meet that, but. Tasting it again now, I think it has actually improved a little bit with age, and I can forgive some of those things just because it's such a cool beer. So I'll come up and agree with Lee at the 37 there. So what a cool beer. Thanks for sharing it. Yeah. Okay, Chris, how did you do the cranberry? Tell me, uh, you know, a little briefly maybe, but, uh, you know, what did you do, man? Is this this real? Are they real cranberries? Is it fruit flavoring? What is it? Oh, yeah, no, it's real cranberries. I put about a pound of uh, cranberries per gallon, give or take a little bit. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, and then let it age for uh, almost a year on the cranberries after it fermented out. Wow. And from, and your, then, from your garden, too? or uh, No, no, just, no uh, you know, from the store. Garden. Are they ethically sourced? <laughs> Cranberry, yeah, they okay. sure do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, every quarter cent that I make off this homebrew, I donate to kid. Um, uh, and then the the okay. So first of all, uh, aging a year on the fruit doesn't seem. I mean, wow. to me, I, if you just told me that and I hadn't tasted the beer, I'd be like, that's way too long, bro. There's gonna, this thing is going to be astringent and tannic and trashy, but it's not. It's quite the opposite. And then we let it sit for another four months before we. <laughs> yeah, well, got let's not to talk it. about that so much. But um, I mean, aging on fruit for that long is that. When it's not a sour beer, is that kind of unheard of? Well, it is kind of a sour beer, a huh. little bit. Well, yeah, I guess. I mean, it's a wild beer. ale. It's got Beth, and it's got want... some sourness and tartness to it. No. I don't know if any yeah, of the, if the sourness is coming from any of the, the wild yeast or if it's or just cranberry you know, or both, or maybe. something. You know, some lactobacillus that might have gotten in there. So, but, how did you do the uh, peach yeast? I'll just uh, call it peach yeast. Like I said on the peach yeast episode, you guys did a while back. Yes. Uh, I walked out and took it right off my peach tree and plunked it down in some uh, apple juice I had. That's right. Okay. And then you and then, it uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, when I started sea fermentation, I uh, sanitized the pork and scooped it out, and that was my uh, culture. Yeah, I remember talking with you about that. That's, that's, that's right. a fun experiment. I like that. That's good times. <laughs> and did you smell the culture to make sure it was kind of... Yeah, it smelled good. Nothing smelled all funky or anything like that. I made actually quite a few beers. That was like my house yeast for a while. It smells like gym socks. Let's dump it in. (laughs) Yeah, no, it tasted good. It smelled good. So I figured, hey, let's see where it goes, you know. And it went somewhere nice, man. And now, look, uh, do you have any of it left over? You have any of it left? You guys uh, got the last bottle. (laughs) Well, now you know how it will age. Fantastically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I brewed it, uh, like I said, I brewed it uh, Thanksgiving-ish 2014. 
Dude, you know, and I was thinking like the, that weird, I don't want to say weird isn't a bad thing, but that weird kind of uh, spicy, nutmeggy, allspice, coriander. There's, not a, coriander. there's a half a stick of cinnamon was in the uh, ah. five gallons also. But would go. half a stick come through? Well, I don't know. Either way, I mean, if, it, if it kept yeah. aging out like this, it would be a great yeah. Christmas beer. You and could brew it. Strong it would last a year round. So I mean, th- this would be great. Yeah, Thanksgiving's coming up again here soon, so your task is, you know, Try to more. try to repeat this. Yeah. See, see yeah. if you can get the same character. And I then mean, and then age it for next Thanksgiving. I'm telling you. If you have the same it. culture going, you could pull it. I mean, it might have changed and some dominant strains might have come through, but yeah, you could okay. try just doing the same exact thing. Or you could make a 10-gallon batch and do some with the freshly dry-peached brew yeah. or and with some with the classic or whatever and see where it goes and blend them and have some fun. Why not? Indeed. All right, Chris. Thanks, man. I appreciate it once again. Awesome. No problem. All right, buddy. Yeah, thank you for sending nice, that in. Nice chatting with you again. All right, bye. Okay, bye. Cool. Very awesome, man. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, if I could give this a beer in the 40s, I don't know where you'd, if you declared it as an American Wild Ale and it was in it, you know, once the 2015 guidelines kick in, you know, most competitions will begin using them around the end of this year and, and there'll mm-hmm. be some things you might start seeing at competitions a little more. Yeah, I mean, a lot of what being... kept me from scoring this higher was just the absence of actual wit beer character. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for for yeah. the basic beer structure, that's probably okay to call it a wit beer, but just did not have any of those yeast-based flavors and the spicy sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it seemed off there, but uh, the well, proper categorization, you get a few more points on this easily. And I mean, this is just wonderful stuff. I would love yeah. to have, you know, a couple big old... You know, seven fifty hours. Yeah, man, for sure. Thanksgiving, it would be awesome. Well, I think that's part It'd of the feel great with turkey. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying, right? Brew it on Thanksgiving, and then let it age for that year because it it needs that to kind of, uh, you know. And I didn't taste it with you guys in May or whatever, but I think it needs that kind of spice character. However, things kind of unfold after a while. I think it needs that. Well, it doesn't need it, but uh, it, it it benefits, benefits it yeah. to to make it more of a of a Thanksgiving beer. I would never think of a beer like this being aged for a year. Yeah, yeah. But right. um, it's it's interesting enough. I might have to try and figure out how to make this. Yeah, it's, I don't uh, think I have access to his peach tree. <laughs> no, but you know, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Serve it instead of cranberry sauce, please. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, this would be a great accompaniment for Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, I yeah, think it'd perfect. be amazing. Yeah, need yeah. a little bite of turkey, sip some of this. Yeah. Uh, All right, we're going to take a break, and then when we come back, we're going to talk to Mike, because Mike has a smoked amber ale, and I'm on this little smoke beer kick, so I can't wait for this one. Uh, It's Dr. Homebrew, everyone. Stay tuned. We'll be back after these messages. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz the forum the learning center and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest more beer catalog more beer bringing you absolutely everything for beer making 
attorney. Putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a home brew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special Secret Elite. Elite Bare Bones Club, where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit. NicoBrew.com. N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W. Nico Brew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Beer tasting games that train your palate, a brewery locator, and the brand new interactive beer style guide. These are just a few of the awesome things you'll find on craftbeer.com. The style guide is a beautiful example of technology in beer. Browse beer style families or turn on the automatic beer style finder and explore beer through color, bitterness, ABV, aroma, and flavor. It's really the coolest way to explore every beer style besides having them all in front of you. Go to craft craftbeer.com and click on beer styles to start the guide plus enjoy the rest of craftbeer.com the brewers banter blogs beer education how to host a beer tasting and the invaluable draft quality manual tons of great content that makes your beer better visit the new craftbeer.com right now and explore the website that brings you all the passion camaraderie and creativity of the craft beer community craftbeer.com celebrating the best of american beer The examination. All right, welcome back, everyone. Brian's over here playing a little electric guitar. You're going to uh, <laughs> be an A11. We should cover this intro. It'd be amazing. All right, with us we have uh, our close personal friend, Mike. Mike, are you with us, buddy? Yes. How you doing, man? Good. How are you? Perfect. Mike, it seems like forever since we've talked to you. <laughs> Welcome back, like my friend. Welcome back. Days. <laughs> yeah. So we have a smoked amber beer from you. Uh, is this the first time you brewed something like this? It is. Look at you. You're just brewing a bunch of stuff. <laughs> right. I know. I love smoked beers. A lot of people... Uh, a lot of people, I think it'd be a toss-up between uh, pumpkin beers or smoked beers as to which they dislike the the the, the most, I guess, is appropriate for that. But uh, I love them. And how many gallons do you brew at a time? Uh, five. Okay, five. So does it take you a while to go through five gallons of smoked beer? Thank you. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know how much I have left, oh, but it, I've had it for a while. <laughs> <laughs> okay. When did you brew this? Um. You know, I can't even remember. It was probably like five months ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's not yeah. bad. I get, Well, I guess if you still have a lot, then that's... Uh... Yeah. I, it's probably still have a half a, half a keg, so... Okay. Um, and we're just uh, looking for general recipe uh, questions right now? Um, general yeah, feedback, just, I mean? I mean, you basically. Okay. Just, I just want to know how this the smoke came through because it it can't, comes off very toasty to me. Uh huh. And I I don't know if I should put more smoked malt or smoke the malt more. Is this home smoked malt? It is. Oh wow. Okay. How did you oh, do that? Good for you. What yeah. kind of wood? Um, I was cooking some ribs one day, <laughs> in my in my uh, barbecue, and I just put it put um, I think it was a pound in a pan and just spread it out and set it in there just random wood or what yeah it was uh pecan pecan Pecan. okay Uh, nice okay all right tree wood all right uh brian mike Mike sounds like a very like like you you you, you crazy person enjoy no no i mean i brew a little crazy too (laughs) like like laid back like well it was just barbecuing one day and i decided (laughs) Let's smoke some malt, uh, or let's smoke some. Uh, yeah, let's smoke some malt. Well, I would explain you know, why it has like, that sort of 
undertone of pork rib to it. <laughs> yeah, I put the pork the hot rib above it, which I don't know if it was a good thing or not. Yeah. No, there, there's that's there's a joke. That didn't in here. I like the I just like the fun attitude. I am poking a little fun, but yeah, it's... what you should do is put it under so it catches the drippings. Yes. Right, that's yeah. what I was saying. Yeah, that'll mash great. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, it reminds me of the, you know, the Alaskan, uh, you know, the smoked uh porter there where they use the the salmon planks for the 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 smoking the beer so you know it's kind of the connection of the food with the beer you know it all goes together and it all comes back around so kind of cool to have that connection i was like a barbecue day and and those associations but to me it it smells like a like a campfire you know it's like and a bacony uh bacony kind of impression there that's very rich smoking is coming through right up front it's um uh you know it's good it's got a lot of a lot of smoke in the aroma, and the maltiness is kind of in the background. A low. What I'm getting is mainly bread crusty, Munich-y kind of flavors in there. A little yeah. bit of caramel poking through, maybe, um, but mostly, yeah, bread toast, bread bread crust, dark bread kind of um, aromas. Hop is low and kind of faintly, faintly citrusy. There's no DMS or diacetyl here. Um, the asters are kind of buried in there too, hard to detect, but uh, it's generally a little bit fruity. Um, yeah, appearance-wise, though, it's a rich copper-colored beer, a tall off-white head that sticks around pretty well. Um, it had a, a little bit of haze, but it was, it's it's mostly clear. Actually, this sample looks it's pretty clear, pretty darn clear. Yeah. yeah, and it was getting pretty dark by the time we judged this one, so we had to get out our flashlights. Uh, well, iPhones. Um, and the flavor, the the smokiness dominates again. Mm-hmm. Smoking smoke wins, which is great. It's got a ashy, rich campfire wood smoke kind of a smell to it, which I guess is appropriate if you're, you're just you know you're burning wood at home and you know it's like, hey, you know it's a it's a campfire wood kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it covers a lot of the rest that's there though. To me, it does have a a moderate uh, bread crustiness again to the malt that's coming through. Um, medium low bitterness, some hop flavor, pretty low, kind of faint citrusy again. And it, it seems clean as far as the ale fermentation went. Um, but yeah, simply balanced way over to the smoke and it lingers a long time in the aftertaste. It's kind of a one trick pony as far as that goes, or maybe a two trick pony. It's like, um, bread, crusty malt and smoke and the smoke wins. So... I'm having a harder time getting towards like, well, okay. If it is an American amber base, it, it's like one of those richly malty ones. Um, you know, not not a whole lot of hop there. Uh, just kind of a smooth, um, very malty American amber base, which is fine. I'm getting some of that. It's it's there. It's it's hiding a little bit, but um, yeah. And the smoke isn't like so intense. It you you know it melts your face off. It's 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 there and it's it's pretty heavy, but and it covers a lot of what's there, but it's not not so intense that it hurts you. Um, body wise, mouthfeel wise, it's kind of medium bodied. Uh, kind of it gives you that um, I don't know if it's astringency, but it gives you kind of a leather on the tongue kind of impression. Um, the, like the smoke kind of bites your tongue a little bit. I'm pretty sure it's that's coming from the smoke, and I you know you, you belch it up into your the back of your mouth and you. Mm-hmm feel it in your nose too yeah um there's a little wonderful little low warmth (laughs) not very creamy or or smooth uh the carbonation seems to be kind of medium full uh well medium ish yeah um but overall the beer it's a richly smoky beer it's it's little of the base style shining through to me um i would personally if i was brewing this beer and i don't hate smoked beers i like uh, you know, if you go to you get, get yeah. the real the Bamberg stuff there and uh, get a real Meritzen that's been smoked, or God, if you can get a hold of some of their uh, uh, their Hellas, the smoked <laughs> Hellas. Oh my God, it's good stuff. Um, and it's it's that is delicate. You get the base style with the smoke. Um, so anyway, I would I would back off the smoke malts a bit to get more of what is there to be detected. Do you want to know um, how much you put in? Yeah. 20 percent i yeah it's almost 21 which is only two yeah. pounds so i guess okay. i shouldn't i shouldn't lead with the uh that really outrageous number especially if you're talking home smoke malt that's almost that's not it depends on how strong the smoke is in the malt. 
Yeah, so you can't say 20% is too much or too little. You've got to kind of titrate the flavor of the malt, smoke malt you made to see what you need. Because yeah. it's, it's going to vary batch to batch. And smoke, I mean, the Rauch malt used to be available here. It still is at the source, I'm sure, like three different smoke intensities. You can do 100% for the low smoke. Yeah. If you try it 100% with a high smoke, you might not like it. So it's, it's really, it's an intensity thing for the malt that you have to figure out for your beer, where you want your balance with that. Yeah. So to me, it was, it was off balance, I would say. I mean, it just, the, the style is a little bit there and it's, and it seems like it's very cleanly brewed and well-made. Um, and the beer, I would, it would, I would enjoy tasting what the beer would be like without the smoke and then, and kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah. Tasting it with, or blending, blending the smoked version with a, a regular version of this. Otherwise, it's, it's pretty drink drinkable and and uh, you know it's flavorful. It's just definitely a matter of the, the balancing act with the smoke. So to me, I, I scored it at twenty nine. I, I think it maybe deserves a little better. It's just like presented as an American amber ale, uh, you know, with with home smoked malt. It's it's a little intense for me, but I I enjoy all the flavors that are there and the kind of baking bakininess that I'm getting. So um, if it was a little more subtle, I would enjoy it more and it would be better balanced. But uh, well, what does what does Lee have to say? So a lot of what Brian said about the basic beer, I would agree with. Um, sort of nice toasty malt characteristics and and things like that. Clean ferment, no DMS diacetyl. Overall, I, mean, I kind of thought it was a pleasant, enjoyable smoked amber ale. Base beer character is obvious. I mean, I'm thinking it's a not a hoppy style amber ale, so that's fine. And actually, that's good because that would kind of clash with smoke in a smoke beer. Mm-hmm. So I, I, hoppy and smoke don't really go together easily. It's a tough balance to pull Yeah, off. you wouldn't want to maybe bump up hops too much. Yeah. I thought it was very drinkable. Um, smoke character in the nose. Initially, I thought you might have used some of the Bamberg Rauch, but, you know, who knows? I'm guessing. Later, I thought maybe Cherry Woods had a little bit of that. Uh, sort of an acrid finish. And this is this is sort of the key to a lot of the issues here. Um, the finish on the smoke, the start of the smoke is very nice. It's got that soft, you know, almost bacony kind of smoky character. Yeah. That's what you really want. And in the finish, it's got a bit of this sort of acrid, um, ashy flavor to it, which is probably not the best smoke characteristic. So it yes. might depend on how this malt was smoked um, as to how that flavor is is coming through. But that's what you probably don't want. That's my, that was my comment too because it kind of tasted in like the back of your palate like ashtray e. Yeah, uh, up front is wonderful. Yes, it is. Uh, yeah. Mike, answer answer his question right now. Damn it, Michael. How did you smoke um, this? Yeah, malt? how did you smoke this malt? So I I just I have a smoker. It's just a it's it's a barbecue mm-hmm. for you know smoking pork ribs and stuff like that. Um, and I actually put it in before I put the meat in. And it was right as I was starting the fire, mm. and I think that's what the ashiness is coming from, actually. So, yeah, because so, is that question. that it, raw burning? Yes, you know, instead yeah. of the and later that's what, what it, comes. That's with. what it tastes like. It tastes like because I do that a lot too. I have a big green egg, you know, not to get brand specific, but I just did it, and. Right. Uh, and uh, you know, when you first throw kind of blocks of wood in there, you kind of get this something's burning. Rather than the highlights of the smoke, which is mm-hmm. still very interesting that you had. So, d- did you have it directly over the fire? Or was it offset? It, it's an offset. Okay. Smoker. So okay. yeah, it's it wasn't directly over the fire. It, it was it was at, and I think it, the temperature may have been high. Um, it's I mean I barbecue at like two twenty five two fifty. At a boy. So I think that if I did it again, I'd actually bring the temperature down as basically as low as I could get it. That's the and temperature. just to get it to cover it, because I get, I don't know, it comes off as like toasty too, also, and mm-hmm. I think it may have toasted mm-hmm. the malt. It might have that, at that, that temperature. That might be yeah. fine. I mean, it's just a, a flavor right. characteristic to take into account. Um, yeah. And the two twenty two two twenty five two fifty you're talking about is the chamber where the meat, or in this case, the malt is. Yeah. Right. right. That's probably get, fine. So, so two questions here: When you is was the smoke? In a chamber, it was electric or charcoal-powered? It's a charcoal. So were the fumes from the charcoal combining with the smoke from the, from the wood? Yeah. That's probably something you want to avoid. Yeah. Because then you're going to get basically charcoal-smoked beer, and that might be the source of that kind of ashy character okay. right there. Yeah, good point. So I, th- I think it's, it's easier to get a good result if you do this in, like, electric smoker or a charcoal smoker where you basically have the, the chips or the blocks sitting in a tray mm-hmm. over the heat. 
and you mm-hmm. venting the charcoal heat off somewhere else. Well, you could. Um, st- I mean, you could start the fire. Uh, you know, the wood. Get it uh, smoldering. Yeah, you can light that yeah. on fire, and then yeah, get it smoldering, or, or just get it smoky, and, and then uh, get rid of the charcoal. Get rid of the charcoal, or, 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 or the charcoal. You yeah. can use like the electric starter, and you can put in. But yeah. I think you're right. And do you use lump charcoal or briquettes? Uh, it's, it, it just depends. I think okay. I use lump for this. Okay, yeah. because it, you know, and and this smell is exactly what I get because lump is the best. And for the first ten minutes, you're getting this kind of. Uh, when everything's starting to burn off a little bit. Right. And you and, get that accurate. And that timing thing. is the second key. So, I mean, you could maybe start this with charcoal, but then you know, get the wood going, get a good fire going on it, yeah. get rid of the charcoal, or it's all burned off by then, and then tamp it down. Because, I mean, if you're smoking meat, you've probably heard this endlessly before, that the phase you really want to get at is when you've got the, the wood, it's sort of the temperature's down. It's not a really hot burn on the wood, and you're getting that kind of blue smoke. Mm-hmm. Where you get the best flavor off of it. Hmm. So if you right. smoke this when that wood was just actively flaming yellow flames, you're not going to be getting the best smoke off of it. Yeah. I mean, with all that said, I actually really like this beer. I think it's nice. It, it that, is. that finish is a little bit unpleasant, but other yes. than that, I think you got for me, and I like smoke beers. I thought you had a good balance of smoke versus the base beer. Yeah. Um, it's very very akin to what you get in a Schlenkerla, mm-hmm. you know, the Bam- mm-hmm. one of the stronger Bamberg Rauchs. So I think you nailed it there. Absolutely. The, ba- um, the base beer is great. The base smoke yeah. is great. It's just that when you breathe out, it's not even in the taste. It's just when I breathe out, it's just coming off my soft palate um, yeah. that I get that acrid thing. Yeah, so it's just that finish. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just the quality of the smoke and the technique you use. So yeah. kudos to you for get, catching the wild hair and throwing that stuff on there. Yeah. If you want to make it better, though, it might take a little bit more planning on how to how to get the, the proper type and and quality of the smoke out of it. And then when you smoke it a different way, you're going to have to yeah adjust too and... If this one was a little richer going in, you might need to add even more of the malt to get to the same balance or, or like slightly less smoke. Um, but yeah, it does definitely had like a campfire kind of impression to it, rather than like a, a background like uh, distant fire kind of a characteristic, like a smoothie smooth smokiness. A smoothie smoke. Smoothie yeah. smoke. <laughs> Do you like smoke beers a lot? You know, I've I've never had one. Okay, <laughs> I I live. I live in Utah, so our, you know, we yeah, don't have laws. that much <laughs> to right. grab at. Right. So I honestly, I started brewing just because I can't find smoke beers and I can't find, you know, all these different styles. Um, so I just decided to brew myself. Right. Well, no, that's a great yeah. idea. There's um, a book in those Brewers Beer Style series. It's on smoke beers. And it has oh, an great. excellent discussion in, in the, the last chapter, I think it is, our second last chapter, on how to do your own malt smoking. If this oh, is okay. something that grabs you, that, that book might be worth the investment because they, they really go into some detail on it. And awesome. if you enjoy this, yeah, come over to California and, and bring some bottles home, you know, next time you get a chance. And yeah. Of the, the Schlenkerla, the, Mer- the Meritzen, or the Orbach, or the, the Smoked Hellas, if you can find it, and some of the other smoked beers, you know, Alaskan smoked um, order and things like that if you if you've never had a commercial example before there's a lot of really good right. ones out there or just go to vegas and there's a lot of really you can get it all there too. <laughs> vegas. Yeah. yeah that's close and it's an excuse to go gamble i suppose uh mike do you have any questions for the guys no i think you guys covered it okay oh, and i gave it a 35 okay. and if it weren't for that oh, awesome. accurate finish i'd probably give it a few points higher than that actually mm-hmm. I, yeah, right. I, yeah this is, is very, right. except for that finish is very nice very nice yeah. very well-made beer yeah awesome. i can tell it's a well-made beer too and I, I i you know listening to what lee had to say about it i agree with a lot of that it's it's like so are you going to bring up the the score like the other guy <laughs> I, I could go to a 30 just for fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Brian just can't get over the acrid. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's not for everybody. And smoke yeah. be- I mean, this is the weird thing, too. Smoke beers are not for everybody. Some people love them. Some people hate them. Yeah. Most people just don't know them. Some people love them. Most people are wrong. That's what I say. <laughs> well, that's like anything. Yes. Well, it's definitely a true. sipping beer. You don't. You can't really pound these like... Wow, I'm gonna go have a couple pints of smoke beer. It's like this is you you're sipping a yeah, little. Yeah, you can. I got a session smoke beer on tap at home right now. Uh, you can okay. drink a few pints yeah, of that. Yeah, it's called a Grudzitsky. Right. <laughs> see, that's what he said about my my summer ale is that you can't pound. I I don't see a problem with pounding it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mike's about uh, four months away from uh, entering some sort of program. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, uh, Mike. If smoke that's it, beer's anonymous. We'll let you go. All right. Any other questions, or am I rushing oh. you off? 
No, okay. no, I'm good. Thanks All for right, sharing. Cool. Keep keep experimenting and keep improving on that stuff. You're you're doing some cool things. Yeah, man. Great. All right, buddy. Uh, take Thanks. it easy, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Yep. Cheers. Thanks. All right, man. Bye. Cool. Awesome. Uh, okay, let's take a break, and then uh, when we come back, we'll deliver our prizes and uh, maybe have a group hug. I don't know. And uh, any weird commercial beers around that we can swill? Um, I'm sure there's some. I'm sure All there's right. some we could figure out. You usually have like a can of the rarest beer on earth that was sent to you from. Oh, some of this not thing. anymore. I don't have any. I don't have any more beer. We've drank them all. Uh, anyway, Doctor Home, everyone, stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five star treatment today high gravity homebrewing supplies wants you to keep it simple brewing should be fun and with high gravity's amazing electric brewing systems it is high gravity keeps their brewing systems simple on purpose more efficient than gas customizable and with your choice of one two or three vessels high gravity's electric brewing systems will completely change the way you brew beer formulate recipes and improve your beer's consistency dave at high gravity can customize your system to fit your needs high gravity invites you to visit their build your own brewery page and see how easy it can be to brew electric and high gravity offers 7.99 flat rate shipping on most of their products www.highgravitybrew.com high gravity keep it electric keep it simple visit highgravitybrew.com admitted Homebrewing is not always free of frustrations. Years ago, brothers Bill and Jim Mitchell decided to minimize those frustrations and create an entirely new brewing process and a brand new kitchen appliance, the Pico Brew Zymatic. The Zymatic sits on your kitchen counter and connects to the internet via Wi-Fi. It comes with access to a huge recipe library full of award-winning beers and can brew your next batch at the push of a button. Improve repeatability and refine your recipes with the Pico Brew Zymatic. With minimal cleaning and hassle, the Zymatic enables anyone to brew craft beer in the comfort of their own kitchen. Just add your ingredients and the process of homebrewing becomes simplified and automatic, allowing you to focus on what really matters while you brew. At Pico Brew, they believe everyone should be able to enjoy the art of homebrewing and make their own damn good craft beer. See the Zymatic in action today at PicoBrew.com. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. All right. Thanks for sticking with us. We're just about done here. We're about to hand out some prizes. Of course, everybody uh, on the show, not everybody on the show, Brian and Lee, you guys don't get any we of this. We don't get shit. You don't get anything. Well, yeah. you get uh, a, a hearty handshake. and a, We got a bottle of water from Bev. That's pretty nice, right? Dude, the, wa- the bottle of water is, is just... It's payment in and of itself. We're still winners. Come on. That's true. Uh, all of our uh, guests on the show today, yeah, there's no fizz. There we go. Uh, we'll receive a nice little price pack from Five Star. You go to fivestarchemicals.com to learn more about them. Uh, but we have two wonderful prizes. One is uh, b- from GrogTag. You can go to grogtag.com and learn more about them. Uh, it's a $40 gift certificate. Uh, we like to call it the At Least Your Beer Will Look Good gift certificate. Thank you very much. And it's for the uh, the the uh, home brewer tonight that had the lowest score. Um, okay, you're going to have to make me go to the bathroom here. Get out of here. Um, 
<laughs> Actually, I did have to go to the bathroom now. Uh, who wins the Grog Tag gift certificate, fellas? You're not in that age bracket. That would be Mike. Who wins it? Mike. 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 That's a that's a, a second winner. It's a dual dual winner, right? He won last time. He won last uh, last show. Double grog tag. Yeah. Double grog. <laughs> double grog, baby. That's the only way to do it. You got a double grog. So that means Chris is the winner of our high gravity homebrew gift certificate. You can go to highgravityhomebrew.com. Check out Desiree and all those people over there. They're doing some really cool stuff with uh, some pretty good equipment and some great ingredients. Do they sell and wild yeast harvested from peaches in their backyard? They, you know, they might. And I don't know. I can't, I can't say that they don't. Um, but I'm going to guess. But you don't say that they can't. I'm going to guess not. Because, okay. you know, who does? But I guarantee you they will be able to tell you how to harvest peaches from your backyard. And they will provide you with the equipment to do so. Will they give me a peach tree, too? Again, I can't answer those questions for you guys. You guys are asking me probing, hard-hitting questions. Um, well, that is the nature of this kind of journalism. <laughs> right. That's what we're doing now? Probing, hard-hitting questions People about ask us brewing questions and peach tree availability. We well, finally I'll, get to ask you something, and then you right. just bitch at just, us. Yeah, I, you just I deflect. Wall. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. You can call up a high-gravity homebrew, talk to Desiree, and ask her if she knows anything about planting peach I'm gonna trees. I'm going to tell her I'm you told her. us that she, personally that she would have a peach tree for us. Okay, you do that, and then uh, – no, don't do that. I'll do it for you. How about that? And then I'll tell I you what she says. You. <laughs> yeah, hey, Desiree. You'll tell us what to know. Some I'm crazy sure. guy is going to be calling. Just placate him. It's just all, go. It's just go. Uh, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll be okay. Tell him. You're gonna get send him the peach tree next week and make tell you know give him pet him a little bit and tell him to go away. Yeah, it'll be a whole it'll be a whole thing. I'm sure Lee is used to all that kind of stuff. Being petted, uh, being petted in hey, somebody in another state. Being, she must have long arms. <laughs> being ushered out the door. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well. Hey. Wait. What are you saying here? Hey. You. Hey. Uh. Okay. Humor. I think that's it. Right. We're done. Yeah. You better turn this thing off now. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. a good show. I think it's some good beers and uh, you know we're all about it. Do we thank everybody yeah. we're supposed to thank? We did thank everybody we're supposed to thank. What I do want to tell you guys to do is to keep listening to the Brewing Network. We have a lot of great shows. We have The Session. We have Brew Strong. We have Can- uh, not Canyon Brew. Uh, the Jamil Show. Yeah. Uh, Sour Hour. Yeah, there you go. And of They're course, worth listening to as well. They are. Yeah. But uh, get your fill on Dr. Homebrew first. Go to iTunes and rate the show. And, and send us your beer, please. Send us send your, your beer. beer. If you want to get on the list for Dr. Homebrew, I think I'm booking to like January of next year or something like that. Uh, JP at thebrewingnetwork.com. And uh, send me a message. If you want to drop the guys a line, it's Brian and or Lee at thebrewingnetwork.com, right? We got those for That's you. It. Yeah. So uh, there you go. You can uh, Complaints, you can bury yourself into the world that is Dr. Homebrew and have a lot of fun doing it. All right. We're going to get out of here, guys. Thanks for sticking with us. And we'll see you next time on Dr. Homebrew. Bye. Cheers.